Now we're on to a uh, license uh, to taste with Tanisha Townsend. I wanna sing, I wanna shout, I wanna scream till the words dry out. Read all about it, Emily Sunday. It's not Emily, it's Emily <laughs> Sunday. Good evening, Tanisha. How are you? Long time. Good to see you. Long time since what 30 minutes ago? Yes. Yes, yes. Talking about the last wine of <laughs> Okay, my bad. How AI has impacted the world of wine recently with specific examples. Uh, I'm just going to also uh run a quick poll. So, Tanisha. Tell us everything. Okay, so maybe not everything, but I do have a few things. First of all, it's so nice to be back here. Um, uh, there were, I really like the conversation that we just had about AI and how we think it will affect um, the industry or the world overall. And there have been a few ways it's come out recently. Um, Simon Pavitt wrote an article for Jane Anson using ChatGPT. Um, he is the CEO of the London Technology Club. And uh, he was tasked with writing about this new tool using, using the cutting edge technology of ChatGPT and its potential impact on wine. Well, he wrote the article with ChatGPT. He put in some keywords and things like that and got this article that said what it is, how it might impact the industry, what can go wrong. And then at the end of it, he said, hey, guess what, guys? 90% of this was written using ChatGPT. And so everybody kind of lost their minds on wine Twitter and um, some of the other people in the wine industry kind of lost their minds about, oh, well, you can't write like that and we still need humans. And so there was this whole discourse about how that is. The article was fine. He asked it a general question that didn't really need any kind of human intervention. So that kind of article is fine. Um, another way that I've seen it used is I've seen it used in wine reviews. And it's funny we're talking about this now. Quick sidebar. Antoine and I talked about this, that I would talk about that we would have this conversation for the show tonight. My brother happened to call me later on that same evening and was like, oh my goodness, have you used ChatGPT? You've got to start using it for your content. I mean, you could do video, you could do this. Let me type something in ChatGPT right now and tell you how it works. Like he was so hype about it. And he was like, tell me what to type, what to type. What, what, let's pair some. Oh, I'm going to have dirty rice for dinner. What wine goes with dirty rice? This is literally how my brother and I talk. So he typed into chat GPT, what goes with dirty rice? And then he sent me the results. Oh, it gave full description of four different wines that go with dirty rice. And I was like, wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. And I think that's a way that it could be used. And that's a way that it will be helpful to be used. Um, Arini Global did an article about the impact of AI on wine writing. And they said some of the kind of things that I've said already. But one thing that they said that I definitely agree with at the end of it is that they would chat GPT and this AI will stop people from having to write every Thanksgiving, every holiday season, what wine goes with Thanksgiving dinner, what wine goes with your turkey. AI can do that. We do not need people writing that story anymore. So just put that into chat GPT, what wine goes with your turkey, your cranberry sauce, your sweet potatoes, and let's save us all some time. Now, I did find this one that was very interesting. This, um, these two guys, um, Matthew and Aubert, sorry, it's the other way, Aubert and Matthew, they actually made a wine using ChatGPT. 
So what they asked ChatGPT about the vinifications method, um, the preferred blend to be made, and uh, um, all of that. Then they also asked it the price, press release, marketing plan, and mm -hmm. all of that. And they developed this wine called The End. And uh, ChatGPT came up with the assembly of 60% Grenache, 40% Syrah, bottled in a burgundy style bottle, which AI judges excellent for showcasing one's wine. Now, what he didn't go with, ChatGPT said it should be between 50 and 100 euro per bottle. Uh, nobody's paying that for their wine. Sorry. But they were like, okay, let's go for 20 um, a bottle. And they called it The End. And uh, they made 600 bottles of it online. And all 600 sold out. So, you have an idea how it tastes? Uh, no idea, because I didn't find this out till later. And this, I just read about this uh, beginning of April. So I don't know when the wine came out or have seen any reviews on it. Okay. Anyone in the uh, in, in, in the room, in the attendance has uh, tried it or heard about someone trying it? Nicole. Hi, Nicole, by the way. Hi, Yumna. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Philip. Hi, everyone. I imagine it has to be decent, though. I mean, I've had wines by these producers before, but um, and I like their wines. I enjoy their wines. So it's very interesting that they came out with this and that it wasn't a bigger deal that I mm -hmm. didn't hear about it on French wine Twitter or Instagram or other places where I know they uh, advertise and mention their things, because that would have been something I would have tried. 20, 20 euro bottle. I would have paid 20 euro for that. Okay, so kind of interesting. You you think that uh, you can have menus all prepared and you know with the ingredients and everything like that done by ChatGPT or whatever technology we're using, uh, and and have it a, a commercial impact? Yes, no, maybe no, not have a commercial impact. No, I think that's something more for maybe bulk wine producers. I think this is a cute gimmicky thing for an actual winemaker. Mm -hmm. But I think someone who really makes wine and is passionate about it and has done it for generations, I don't think they would give up their control of what they make to AI. Okay. It would be the same in our industry. Maybe you could get AI to create a menu for you. Um, and that, that menu would be based on what's seasonal uh, and what the trends are. But then you would be losing out on the personal touch the touch of your chef the, the, the personal feeling your heart which is very much the same as when you're making a wine mm -hmm. the uh, the poll was do you mind if an article or a piece of content is created with ai uh 60 mind 40 percent don't so there is there is that thing also about are we ready to relinquish everything to technology in a sense to say that we don't need to put our input in a certain way uh into it that, that's probably an interesting question to see how this is going to evolve and how people are going to accept it or not. A lot, a lot of the time, we may not even know it's happening. Mm -hmm. that, that that's part, that's yep. the problem. You see, you, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's already affecting us um, uh, uh, now. And um, who's to know where it's going to end up? But I, I think in everyday life, um, AI is, is there and we may not even know it. Because there's a, there's a tendency to, to, for people to, to get overcome by the technologies and they get really drawn into it and they it becomes everything and, and and nothing at the same time and they overuse it how do we instill in people still the values of handmade creation 
because music, for instance, so that's that's an, it's another art. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like chefs, the same thing. You can create music through AI. But there was a there was this competition for photography, and the winner uh, was someone that did a AI uh, created picture. And he, he mentioned that afterwards, and he relinquished the the, uh, the award and everything. The question is. Do we? Is it the end product that is the important part, or is it the way to get to that end product that is important? What has been, you know, did you pour your soul into it, or is it ones and zeros that have poured their souls into it, if they have a soul? Yeah, but but then do we stop evolving as a human race? Okay. I mean, you you take you know a hundred, a thousand years ago, uh, we've moved on and we've embraced uh, technology. and, and we have to carry on evolving, um, but but then I suppose that what I'm saying is we, we must we must embrace all new technologies. But at the end of the day, the the, the humans must be in charge of AI. So I think that that's the scary part because one day maybe AI will take over the human race. Now that that's that's what we have to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, I've seen that movie. It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. It's scary. It's scary. Oh. Okay. The wine minute. So this one is very personal, if I understand correctly. Uh, So it is about what French cuisine mean to, what does it mean to Americans and what their expectations are when they come to Paris? Is it, is it, is it phrased properly? The question? More or less. Uh, okay. It's a lot of thoughts in there, so I don't even okay. know how to phrase it better. It's so. okay. It's okay. Are you ready? Maybe. So it's one minute. You ready? Okay, hold on. Okay. Let's go. So this whole topic came about, and part of me, as I was standing in front of an American fast food restaurant in Paris, but then later that day, I was talking to someone, and they asked me, "Oh, well, what are you eating over there?" I was in Paris, and I didn't find any food I liked. And I thought that was crazy, but I have heard that being said a lot of times, Americans not liking the food when they come to Paris. So I asked them, what are they eating or where are they eating? Oh, you know, just the brasserie around the corner from the hotel. Oh, where are you staying? Near the Eiffel, near um, off the Champs-Élysées, near the Arc de Triomphe. Well, of course, you're not getting good food over there. There aren't fancy restaurants over there. There aren't good brasseries over there. If you want to eat in a neighborhood like neighborhood people eat, you have to be in a neighborhood. French people don't live over there. We're not living on the Champs-Élysées. We're not living by the Eiffel Tower. Even if we did, we don't eat escargot every night. We don't have bouffe bourguignon every night. What are you expecting? Go get your croissant, get your baguette, get your tarte de citron. Maybe go to the South, have some cassoulet, have some coquevin, try some other things. But coming to Paris, a major metropolitan and also tourist city, I don't know what you are expecting to taste here as far as French cuisine. It's French mixed with other things, but then there also is some French cuisine, but it's French mixed with other things. There are a lot of people who live here now. So to say you are here in Paris and you don't have any good food, where you sound ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, that's it. Well done. That was uh, that was heavy. Yes. Did you make a lot of friends probably when you said <laughs> Yeah. I- yeah, I yeah. might have lost a couple friends, but yeah. I yeah. mean, to say you don't get good food here, I wasn't impressed. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Do I look like I have missed meals? I have not. <laughs> I have missed none. Okay. 
Yeah, that's why you moved to Paris from Chicago. Uh, definitely. And that's why I'm staying here. All yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Any thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up that I get to be with you all again. Are you? Um, it's fantastic. I've missed you guys. And I guess no, no thumbs, thumbs down. down. No, yeah. no thumbs down. Tanisha, thank you thank so you. much. And now we're on <laughs> to have a drink with me.